Hey there, welcome to Actual Ag. I'm your host, Samantha Bennett, and this podcast is dedicated to answering your questions about agriculture. Not only are those questions answered by me, a graduate student studying these topics in school, but also by specialists that work directly with these topics. So if you want to know if purchasing organic is the way to go, if animal rights are actually important to farmers, or if GMOs are actually bad for you, welcome, you've come to the right place. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Actual Ag. Today, I am thrilled to have with us Antonio James. We're going to be talking about cowboy culture today with him, but he's from Cowboys of Dixie. Is that correct, Antonio? Yes, ma'am. That is his new podcast that he has just launched. And today, we're going to be talking about cowboy culture, which is a little outside of my comfort zone, but I'm really excited to be talking about it today with you, Antonio. So if you want to introduce yourself a little bit more, I know that you've been all over the country, really. You've been from Detroit to Nashville to South Texas, but I'll let you tell us a little bit more of your story. Yeah, so born and raised in in Detroit, Michigan, and so really urban. So I was born and raised right on Seven Mile and Van Dyke um, in Detroit, Michigan, and then I moved out to the suburbs out there. But so I was born in I was born in Detroit, raised in Detroit. My but I was raised by my mom. And well, my mom and my dad raised me, but my mom is from Mississippi. She's from uh, Prentice, Mississippi. And so she she just always had, and my grandma is from Mississippi. All of my, like all of her side is from Mississippi. So we were always raised on like, even though we were raised in the city, my parents' kids to this day, we're all known, like we're all, we're known as like the respectful kids. We were taught oh. like the yes, no, the yes, like the, the yes, ma'am, the no sirs, the hold the door. We were taught the, my dad, like we have, I have one sister. She's the oldest. She was never allowed to take out the trash. We cut the grass. Like me and my brother, like all, like it was just our job to, to, to do stuff like that. And so I, we've always, I was raised, I was raised by countries called like by, by like the country, the country culture. And so that's how I ended up with like my, my Southern side of my, of my personality. But I ended up, so when we were younger, um, a couple of summers, we would go down and, and visit my mom's family in Mississippi. And my uncle Willie, he has a ranch down there that he has like cows on and everything. And he bales hay and stuff. And so we would go down to, we would go down there and he would always take us like him and my dad, we would always go all around their ranch. Um, he had a little lake that we would like take four wheelers around and stuff. And so like, it just always amazed me that like, cause I, I grew up in the city. So going down there, even, my uncle Willie never had like a huge outfit, but uh-huh. it like it was a small outfit. But to me, a city kid, it was huge. Like yeah, I like thought it was like world. yeah, it was Yellowstone <laughs> to me. And so, and so whenever whenever we would go down, like if if you asked me as a kid, I would tell you my uncle Billy had a million cows on on one acre. And that's so, crazy. and so that's, that's just how I always saw it. Like, I just, I didn't know anything about animals. So like, whenever I got, like, whenever I would see it, that's what I saw growing up. My uncle Willie was not only that, but he was just, he was always, he's always been the head of my, of my mom's family. Ever since I can remember my uncle Willie was, the, is, has been the head of the family uh, on that side. And so we had a cowboy running the family. He used to be a roper, a team roper and everything. And so I was always amazed by that growing up, but it, it, by the time I got back to the city, I forgot all about everything in Mississippi. And so uh-huh. every time we would visit, I would love it while I was there and I'd forget it by the time I, by the time I got back home until I got started getting older and my grandma got sick um, and she moved to Mississippi. She moved back to Mississippi. 
And so when I got older, I started visiting her more. And by visiting her more, I, of course, would stay at my Uncle Willie's and we'd talk about his old cowboy stories and all of this stuff. And it just made me just really want to get back into it um, and, and just get into it. And so I, I ended up as I when I got of age, I, I would visit Mississippi probably three or four times a year to visit my grandma. And mm-hmm. it just ended up uh, just taking off from there that I just I just started accepting that culture like that side of my family talking to my uncle Willie a little bit more about his roping days as cowboy in and and all of this stuff and it just inspired in me to to start cowboying I love that that's such a cool story and I love that you had such strong role models in your life it sounds like like even just listening to your first podcast episode I was inspired just hearing about your grandmother Dixie and like how strong of a character she was and how much influence she had on you as well as well as your uncle so that's really cool to hear about yeah. Oh, and, and one and one clarification because my mama called me to to have me clarified on my podcast. So I said Hattis, I said Hattiesburg, Mississippi is where my uncle Willie's like ranch is, but it's actually in Carson, Mississippi. So okay. my mama my mom was like, make sure you correct that that it's in Carson, Mississippi and not not in Hattiesburg. I get all of Mississippi mixed up. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, all and all in the details. Good on your yeah, mom for yeah. looking out for you. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's Carson, Mississippi. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So I know you said that that's kind of how you got your start to be inspired into the cowboy way of life sort of thing. So whenever you made that transition, I'm sure it was a huge lifestyle change, right? Was that ever Mm -hmm. intimidating? Uh, I wouldn't say that I was ever intimidated by it. Um, It's funny because when I was a kid, I was so so this is something I've never said either. When I was a kid, I was scared of everything. So growing up, I was scared of everything uh, when I was growing up. And so it's funny because I hit a certain part in in my life where I just stopped. Like, I I was scared of every animal. I was scared of, like, everything. And so I would, whenever we would even go down to Uncle Willie's, I would would see the cows and everything, but I wasn't going near it. And so whenever everything happened and um, I decided to get into it, it's funny because everyone thought that like, every, like, like my family always asked me that, like, how did you, how did you do it? Like they asked me the question, not, not straight up, like, were you intimidated? But they, they all want to know how, how I made, like how I ended up like this, because I used to be scared of everything. And I personally don't think I was ever intimidated. Like once I got into it, I mean, mind you, by the time I started cowboy and I was over, over my fears of <laughs> that everything was going to kill me or, right. or give me germs, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> But I don't think I was ever intimidated. I just always took every opportunity that, and that's the way I was raised that like, if someone tried to say I couldn't do something, I just took that as, as my opportunity not to sit there and, and argue them down that I could do it. But I took that as my opportunity to show and prove. And so that's how I ended up getting my name like solidified within the Western, within the Western culture is just, I'd show up to places. And that's why like, I'd have like older guys tell me like how much they love me just because whenever they they would watch me get written off they would watch me still stay right there hold my head high and just prove myself I wouldn't try to argue back that I can do something I wouldn't sit there and go back and forth with a person or or try to call a person out for saying saying this about me I'm just like okay you'll see in a minute like like you you can <laughs> say amazing. this but I still have to get on that horse uh-huh. and so as long as I as long as I get have the opportunity to always get on the horse I'm just gonna always show up and show and prove 
Uh, so I wouldn't say I, I'm ever intimidated just because as long as I can get on the horse, I know I can, I know I can do my job and I know I can do it as best as I could. So that's all that matters to me. That's the best mindset to have about those sort of things too. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know, you never feel like you have to prove yourself, but it's also that moment of like, I'm going to let my actions do all the talking for me. So I don't mm-hmm. have to. So that's awesome. Yeah. So were there any challenges that you faced though? You kind of mentioned people, if they had anything to say sort of things, but was there any like specific moment that you can remember thinking like, oh my gosh, this is difficult. <laughs> yeah. So I'd, I'd say the main challenges that I faced and I still face them to this day is showing up and not looking like the other Cowboys that are there. And so I feel like I end up having to almost um, prove myself more than everybody else there. Every single time I show up to a place, I have to, I have to prove something that some that uh, the other person is just automatically given because Mm -hmm. they look, they look like the cowboy on TV. And so I feel like that's, that's probably the main challenge that I've, that I've faced is just having to just prove, prove myself every single time, just because I don't, I don't look like the traditional cowboy that's on, on TV. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's probably that's probably it. everything else every other challenge I think is like a natural a natural like I feel like the cowboy life is challenging that's like true. If, if you don't if you have a day where you didn't hit any challenges then you didn't cowboy right and so yep. and so that's my rule that's amazing yeah the cowboy lifestyle we'll get into it here in a second but it definitely requires a little bit of grit I would say mm-hmm. actually a whole lot of it probably I, I, was, I was about to say a little bit yeah <laughs> You need 100% of grit and you still might not make it. (laughs) That's so true. I agree. So getting into cowboy culture a little more. So whenever you hear the word cowboy, what do you think of? Like, what does it mean to you to be a cowboy? I'd say being a cowboy is just being a man of honor or a woman of of honor, but uh, and so just just to be clear, whenever I say man, I'm, I'm just talking in general, in a general yeah. sense. So so I'd say to be a cowboy is just to be a man of honor, um, to be a person of honor, to be a, a person who who stands on his own two feet, no matter what, to be a man of your word. Uh, and if you do make a mistake to be a man that's that's going to like just stand on stand on your feet and, and work through that and own up to own up to any wrong that you did. And so I personally think that. I, I've been telling everybody because some people are like, well, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a cowboy because I'm a farmer and I wouldn't say I'm a cowboy because I'm this. I'm like, but you're you're protecting you're taking care of the earth. You're taking care of like like the animals, like no matter what you're doing, if you're within the agriculture community, you're a cowboy to me. And so as long as you're you're a man of honor, you you're within the agriculture community and you're you just stand on your own two feet and you don't let anything, anything intimidate you. You push through it every single thing that comes at you, I feel like you, you have the, the right to call yourself a cowboy. And so I'd, I'd say it's, it's, it's just that it's not a cowboy isn't a hat. A cowboy isn't a pair of boots. A cowboy isn't, isn't a big buckle. You can have, I, I was just saying it earlier that um, I was just talking to, to someone the other day and I was telling her that a cowboy isn't, just because you rodeo and just because you own a ranch doesn't make you a cowboy in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, if you don't treat your animals right, if you don't, if you don't treat people right, I wouldn't consider you a cowboy because a cowboy is a lot more than just tending to the cows. You mm-hmm. have to, you have to treat them with respect because they're about to give their life to feed us. And so the least that we can do is make sure they're comfortable while they're here. The least that we can do to a horse 
that basically built the country that we're standing on is treat that horse with with love and respect because without without horses we wouldn't be half half advanced as we are right now to treat the animal treating the animal with love love care and respect whether you're gonna whether you're gonna kill it for beef or not or or kill it for something or not you still should show it respect while it's here and so i just say a man that that lives by code and that code includes treating the animal correct i love that and i think so many times people from the outside of kind of, it can even just be agriculture in general. They, they see cowboys and they kind of think that it's some like intimidating thing, or it's some like, you have to have like a rite of passage or like people that gatekeep it sort of thing. But I love that it's kind of a mindset mentality and it's kind of like the honor that you operate on. That's what makes a cowboy a cowboy. So that's amazing Mm -hmm. to hear. Yeah. 100%. So we talked a little bit about needing grit every day in the life of a cowboy but what does a day in the life of a cowboy actually look like so Antonio for you what does your day typically look like so I'd say first thing that I'd say is I think every cowboy's day is completely different because like I said I consider the farmer the cowboy I consider the rancher the cowboy and everything and so but going back to what a day what a cowboy day looks like for me what a day in the life of this cowboy looks like. <laughs> I'd say I wake up, I go in and and like, I'm probably at the ranch most of the, most of the day, just like taking care of the horses and everything out there. Uh, I'm, I'm, whether I'm working the horses, whether I'm training the horses, whether I'm ferrying the horses, I'm doing, I'm doing something out there, taking care of my animals and like rain, sleet or snow. I'm out there this morning. It was thunderstorming and, and I'm out there putting horses up, getting yep. them out of the fields and everything. And so Right now, I just left because I was I had to fix a fix a stable in the rain, and so I was just out there in a poncho with lightning and everything, <laughs> just risking my Gosh. life to try to fix this one stable so that the horse would be comfortable in it. And mind you, like I could have got it to a point where the horse would have just been uh, safe in it, but for some reason, I I couldn't leave until the horse was comfortable in it. Like to, I knew for a fact this stable was gonna be perfectly fine; it wasn't gonna be dripping on them and and all of this stuff. And so just tending to the animals and it's, it's very hard work, especially like at my ranch where I have the horses that it's no water back there. So I'm like walking, if you see on TV where like they're going to whales and like back in like the 1800s where they had a whale and they would have to trek up a hill to with, with water. I'm like literally like taking buckets of water right now oh, because gosh. it's too muddy to, to get, to get back there. So I'm like carrying buckets of water, like all the way over there just to give them water. So I'd say just tend into, tend into the animals, whatever they need, making sure they're, they're taken care of. Uh, and then I also train other people horses. Uh, and so I'll go and end up going to someone else's ranch or property and, and start training their horses, whether they want me to train it on cattle pushing or they want me to train it on just, just getting it right off the, um, right off the ground and getting somebody on his back and, and stuff like that. And I also train people with their horses. Um, and so I train cowboys and cowgirls that are getting into it or that's been around all their life, but they, they just didn't, they just had poor horsemanship. They weren't taught good horsemanship. And so I eat sometime, some, (laughs) (laughs) I eat at some point, (laughs) I eat at some point, but, but everyone else, like all of my animals are going to eat three times before I eat once. (laughs) So, but yeah. And so I, I'd say just, just tend to my animals and just every single day, like waking up early and just going out there and finding out what they need of me. That's amazing. And I'm sure they're appreciative of it as well. So obviously cowboying is a full-time job. 
the day in the life of a cowboy caring for your animals. That is a full-time job. But what do you consider? I know we mentioned that a cowboy isn't defined by their, you know, hat or boots or buckles, mm-hmm. but what are three things that you think every cowboy must have? Love and respect for the animal is is one thing. Another thing that a, that a cowboy should have is love and respect for their elders. And then I'd say love and respect for the woman. And so those are like the top three, three, three things that I think a cowboy should have is respect for their elders, respect for the woman, and respect for the animal. Short and simple. I like it. And then when it t- comes to cowboying, I know that your uncle played a big role in your life as a mentor, but who are some of the other cowboy role models that you look up to as well? So I'd say first and foremost, my uncle Willie, like you, like you stated, but then there's also, there's an older guy here named Gus and I've never cowboyed with him. I've never seen him cowboy only like he's, he's my hat shaper actually, but mm-hmm. he was a cowboy back in the day. Um, and he always tells me his uh, stories and everything. But from the moment that I met him, I met him. He was one of the first people I met when I moved to Texas. From the moment that I met him, the very first thing that he said to me when I when I showed up to get my hat shaped was he was like, finally, we got like a younger guy who appreciates like who 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 knows how to be a real cowboy here. He was like, he was like the, the he was like the other guys here. And he was and he just telling me about the younger generation and how he appreciated with me. Every single time we showed up, he just would give me a conversation. And so I started saying like. I would go like if I had to get my hat shaped or most of the time I don't even need to get my hat shaped. But if I like a horse stepped on my hat and I was like, oh, I really want to get this one reshaped. But sometimes I would just go in and get a hat shaped just to have a conversation with him. Oh. And so and so he's definitely one of my one of my role models uh, and not because I've seen him do these crazy cowboy things or anything, but just by the code that that I know he left by because I've had genuine conversations with him. So definitely him. And then I would say my uncle Willie uh, are probably my top two. I think those connections that we build with others are so important when it comes to not only cowboy lifestyles, but any lifestyle in general, like finding someone, a mentor that you can look up to and kind of shape kind of your code of conduct, that sort of thing off Mm -hmm. of is so important. So that's awesome. that You've had such great ones in your life. So we recently mentioned that you started your own podcast called Cowboys of Dixie. And I listened to the first episode and I was hooked right from that first episode. I can't wait. I know you have a few, actually a lot that are rolling out within the next week or so. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to start listening to those. But what do you hope results from people listening to your podcast? So what I hope results from this podcast is conversation. People being willing to have conversation with with the opposite side of the table um, and just people or people just listening and hearing the other side of the conference of, of the table. And so that's, that's my biggest goal here is just to get both sides of the table out. And then people who aren't in the agriculture community who just want to come into the Western industry, also having them be able to decide by hearing both sides, because it's some people who they don't know which fence they're on just because they're hearing things from us cowboys and then they're also hearing things from the anti-cowboys or I mean I, I wouldn't call them anti-cowboys but the <laughs> ones who who think that like who who think opposite of how we think and so uh-huh. when it, it can confuse them and so my podcast is just basically based on like not opinion I don't want anyone coming on giving their opinion I tell everyone who comes on my podcast like that I want facts I want and I saw you post on your like your social media and you were bringing out how like about research 
Mm-hmm. And so, because it's a lot of people who just say I did research, but they don't, they didn't really do research. They didn't look behind the research. They didn't, they didn't do this. And so the people who come on my podcast, I want them to like actually know what they're talking about so that my listeners can decide which side they they want to be on. And I'm, my goal is not to push everybody onto the Western side. My goal is not to make everybody cowboy. My goal is not to only have cowboy supporters listening to me. I want everyone listening to me. And if a person listens to both sides and they decide to go on the other side, that's I, they have 100% respect for me. My only thing is I want you to hear both sides. I don't want, I'm not here to make you make a decision or to cause you to make, make a decision to be on the Western side and support us and, and all of this stuff. And, and I'm not here to try to force vegetarians to eat beef and, and stuff like <laughs> that. My, my only thing is just getting the word out on both sides with factual information, because that's my biggest issue is that it's a lot of narrow narratives being painted without any facts around. And so mm-hmm. um, that's one of my, that that's just what I want to get out there. It's just factual information. And but I also want the other side to be over there because it's very easy. And I, I personally think that if I just tell you all of these facts on my side, but I don't let you hear the other side, you can easily go to the other side without me being present. And then that other side can just make up stuff to you. And you don't know who to, who to listen to because you didn't have like a mediator there or, or something like you didn't have the other side there so you're still confused right. so I wanted to be able to sit down with the other side have them talk and just just talk about the facts and and if something was non-factual like in a non-argument argument of way just bring it up and tell them but that's just so that my listeners can hear it and I, I'm going to do the same thing on the cowboy side if they bring up something that's non-factual I'm gonna I'm, I'm also going to tell them like hey like because I don't feel like because I, I also feel like it would set us back if we made up a lie and mm-hmm. and and try to push people onto our side because once they figure out that's not true they're going to start wondering what else we told them that's not true and Absolutely. so but but yeah so just giving giving the people both sides of the story in a way that they can listen to both sides in one place and hear it all at the same time think your podcast is going to have some really amazing conversations that take place on it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing everything that is a result of it. So listeners, make sure you turn into Cowboy of Dixie. I know Cowboys of Dixie. I know you have some stuff on cowgirls coming out next week for sure. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be an amazing listen for you all. But yeah, definitely check him out in his podcast and, you know, get engaged, start interacting with some of his content. He shares some amazing content on Instagram as well. So I'm really excited for you, Antonio. I think it's going to be an amazing experience for you. Thank you. Last question. So where do you see the future of Cowboy going? I feel as though people have recently gotten very interested once again in kind of this culture surrounding the Cowboy. So where do you see the future of the Cowboy going? So that's one thing that I've I've been saying for a while that right now cowboy is cool. Uh-huh. And so that's amazing to me because it's bringing a lot of supporters um to the cowboy like to the cowboy. And so whether the people want a cowboy or not, I was just in a commercial for Ranch Water and whenever I was at the commercial it was a lot of non-cowboys there with cowboy hats on and mm-hmm. and I'm watching like and I, and I've been like watching their stories and stuff and they're going to like rodeos like after that like they had never been around like they were they were amazed at these horses that we were riding and I've been watching like some of their stories and everything and they're going in like to rodeos and and buying bulls and all of these all of these other things and it's like 
just off of that weekend of them seeing us cowboy, they they changed their entire lifestyle and started looking more into into cowboying. And so I personally think that cowboying is at an all time high right now. I think the cowgirl right now is the most wanted person on social media. I think mm-hmm. the cowgirl is the most and and I and like I just said, I'm going up uh this weekend to shoot a vodka commercial for so Saveka cool. Vodka and they want me to cowboy. And it's like everybody asked me like what does that have to do anything with cowboy and Saveka Vodka? And it's like it's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like it's cowboy is cool right now. Yep. And so I've had so many companies, I've had Topo Chico reach out to me. I've had so many companies reach out to me and just that that are non-Western companies. Because I mean, of course I have Wrangler, I have Stetson and all of them that I work with. But I've had recently so many non-Western companies DMing me, asking me to come in cowboy from, asking me if they can send me stuff to cowboy in. At, like just, and it's like, they're not, I mean, look at Adidas. Adidas just made Adidas sportswear just made a whole cowboy line uh-huh. uh, for the cowboy. And so cowboying is really cool right now. And I I'm just hoping I can't say where it's gonna go in the future, but I'm really hoping that we keep this buzz and just keep on climbing because it's doing nothing but benefiting benefiting us cowboys. And it's it's bringing a lot of money to the rodeo cowboys. It's bringing a lot of money to the boutiques, um, to the cowgirls and cowboys that that do leather works, that make saddles, that do this. Because, I, like like I just said, I just bought a horse yesterday. The girl went and bought a horse. She had no knew nothing about a horse, but she just randomly just went out and bought a horse, like without knowing anything. She ran out and bought a horse just because cowboy is cool right now. Yeah. And so she ended up selling it, but it's just it just shows you that like. Right now, it's so cool that people are just making abrupt decisions to just yep. go and like do something cowboy, like just to just to just to be in it. So I personally, I hope that this that we just keep on going on this wave and just keep growing because it's doing nothing but benefiting us cowboys. I agree, and I think it's doing so much good for the agricultural industry in general too, because it's just another way for people that aren't from this way of life to connect with the industry and kind of get an inside look at everything that goes on. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for the future of the cowboy as well. I would love that it's trending. I love that even Beyonce has gotten her foot in the door with some of the, you know, fashion stuff that she's been dropping lately inspired by cowboy culture. So it's just really cool. And I'm really excited for where it's going as well. So before we wrap up here, I want to give you an opportunity to plug any resources for listeners. So obviously plug your podcast, your social media, your websites, anything like that. Okay. So yeah, so you can find me at on Instagram at Cowboys of Dixie. And then I also have my podcast on Apple and Spotify. If you type in Cowboyin without a G, so Cowboyin with just an I-N at the end, or Cowboys of Dixie, you'll be able to find my podcast. And on there, you can find all of the podcasts that'll be coming out this week. This week, we have something big with the Cowgirls coming out. We have Jenna Paulette. We have um, Courtney from Fancy Lady Cowgirl. We have Waylon Lucas. We have Caroline, Big Sky Caroline. And so we have a ton of Cowgirls. We have Alamo Saddles, um, the, the owner of Alamo Saddles coming over. And so we have a ton of Cowgirls coming on this weekend to share their story and also within that, we have some of the cowgirls that are doing retreats for girls that want to get into cowgirls and everything that'll be announcing it on my podcast this week. And so wow. that's that's really big. And so whenever like so you guys can find me all over um, on 
either Instagram or go and follow my podcast on either Apple or Spotify as of now. And yeah, just keep stay cowboy. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Antonio, I'm so thankful for your time today. And I'm so excited for you and your podcast and everything that you have going for you. I think you are the coolest guy and I'm so excited for you and everything that you have going. So thank you again so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. That concludes this episode of Actual Ag. Once again, I'm your host, Samantha Bennett, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Before you leave, though, make sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast on whatever listening platform you're listening on. And make sure to follow us on Instagram as well, at actual underscore ag, to stay up to date on what topics we're going to be discussing and to send me your questions on agriculture. Talk to you guys soon. Bye, y'all.